what did I tell you when you became a pro? Son, you're going to learn to love the two-yard completion. And you were like, oh, yeah. And then you came back from your first <laughs> parade down, and you go, like, damn, Dad, you were right. <laughs> oh, I was just making it up, son. Don't listen to me. I was not <laughs> Yeah, baby, that's right. It's Chris Sims Unbuttoned. It's episode 418. I can't believe that. It's Wednesday, November 2nd. No Ahmed Fareed here. As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, that big head that's next to me right now is the guy that gave me this big head. So it just fits well. It's just, just the way it should be. Oh, yeah, there he goes. He backed away, so it looks so much smaller now. But it is going to be a full day of the Sims family. Big Phil, a.k.a. the big fucker, he is here today to join us. And we're gonna have a little, we're gonna have a little fun, almost like a recap. This is usually Dad, my Wednesday, what the fuck happened podcast, where I really get into the weeds and break down games. Yeah, a lot of swear words for you early on, but uh, today we're gonna recap kind of the league, the first half of the year, give more some general thoughts of things we think are going on around the league, and kind of how we see maybe things finishing up towards the end of the season. So, uh, Dad, what's up, man? How are you? Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, good to be here. You know, it took me an hour and a half to get on the computer and get this thing hooked up, and you were texting me every five minutes. I'm like, damn, you know, I, well, whatever. I finally <laughs> got it done. I'm shocked. But uh, here we are, and it's good to talk to you, man. You know, you never call me, talk to you about once every four weeks now. You're busy, all your new friends, but that's okay. That's what happens <laughs> with the parents. You're, you're a jerk. Business. You're a jerk, okay? And then, uh, you know, well, hey, But I like the opening, Christopher. Yeah, yeah. I like that, yes, you Dummy, listen to oh, I just I know I, I forgot I'd said that. Oh, I just make these things up. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Well, they, the the four yard completion is a friend to every quarterback. We know that some like it a little too much, uh, maybe for my yeah. liking right now in the football. Like AK, my favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. But we'll talk about that as we go down the line here. Uh, other thing is, I'm I'm actually like astounded. You told me Zoom wasn't working. I don't even know how that's not possible or how that's possible. And then I know your assistant, Nicole's not there. And I just went, well, there's no way dad's going to figure this out. So if she's not there, it's broken. Yeah, it's broken until she gets there. But way to go there, old timer. Way to get it done. Well, you know what they say, KMA, big boy. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just no faith in me. I didn't have much faith in myself, to be honest. I just kept doing it. Yeah, my computer's on the brink here, and I I gotta I gotta just suck it up and buy a new one. So here we go. All right, I'm, I'm almost afraid to find out how much they cost now compared to what they were. But that's yeah, no, they're expensive. They definitely are. So and then and then also to start the show, I gotta let everybody know. So everybody on social media knows. I mean, first off, tomorrow big birthday for for Big Phil. I, I I just oh. I can't believe it. It's gonna you're gonna be 67 years old. 67. You don't yeah, look 67. You know, my wife says, "Oh, I don't want to get old," and I go, "Well, I don't know if we got a choice, but you know, we can hang in there." But yeah, I'm gonna be 67 tomorrow, and I'm gonna get my birthday wish. And that wish is, I don't want a birthday party. I don't want any presents. Nothing. When you see me, whenever it happens in the next week or two, say happy birthday, and that's the end. Of that's that. it. So what you're saying is you don't want mom to charge anything extravagant to your American Express card. Is that what you're saying, basically, right there? 
Yes, that's exactly. She's in the next room listening to us probably. So I'm saying don't do it. And I got to tell my daughter, of course, oh, that, my credit card that's even worse. <laughs> that's the, yeah. she, she might be worse. You're right. I don't know if the word will get to her in time. So we'll see. All right. Last thing here before we get into real business and football talk. Halloween. Halloween at dad's house. Your house is, is always amazing. Word has gotten out in North Jersey that you spoil kids with crazy candy and you usually have a line out the door. Um, there's a few things here. First off, how did it all go? Did we get a huge crowd as usual on, on Monday night? Yeah, it was a big crowd. It was a big crowd. It died a little earlier. I think our last person to come by trick or treater was about nine o'clock. You know, usually we have quite a few stragglers from nine to 10, the, the, kind of the older kids, you know, the yeah, freshmen yeah. in high school are just given their last for chance at Halloween. They come by, but not this year, but yeah, it, we ran out of some things, but we, when it was all over, we still had enough candy left to take care of anybody that came well, you must so have, well. You must have chalked it up at 8, 8 o'clock, though. I mean, Browns, Bengals came on. I can't imagine you were walking to the door too many more times there to, to give out the candy. Well, I don't know if I ever walked to the door one time during the night. I walked down every once in a while to say hi to people. But, no, I was not handing out the candy. I was definitely watching the game. And, oh, by the way, wow, was that a bad game? And was that a big disappointment in many ways? And. Not that I wouldn't root for either one. I just wanted to see a good game. And since he had nothing in Cleveland, I don't know. Is that the same Cleveland team I've been watching all year? But they, they looked a lot different. They looked a lot better. For all sure. right. Well, well, we'll get into that a little later on. Sure. I think we'll hit on both of those teams. I think Cleveland's, you know, I, I think you would agree with this, is a little bit better than their record. They've messed up some games by themselves where I don't think they're, you know, they shouldn't be a 3-5 and five football team, at least in my estimation. And, you know, damn, Dad, I don't know. I talked to you last Friday night. And I know you were you were the one telling me going you know hey, everybody's fooled by this Bengals thing yeah they won two games in a row and everyone thinks they're you know back on track and yeah. you were you were the one saying like they're not back on track there's still a lot of things that concern me and I think we're both in agreement there that there's some issues on that offensive side of the ball. Oh, I think so. Yeah, they they had that big game against the Atlanta Falcons and and I'm t- it was amazing. Everybody, well, they're back. They're hitting their stride and all. I go, you know, I and, and I just was being. Uh, what I see, I said, look, I'm not going to get excited about you tearing up your your pass offense, tearing up Atlanta's pass defense, because the week before, Jimmy Garoppolo down in Atlanta was yeah, tearing them up. Yeah, they had chances, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, and then he had some big drops in that game and everything like that, but they were they made it look easy. So when I saw the Cincinnati Bengals had them next, I go, this is going to be rough on the Atlanta Falcons, and it was. But even with that great showing, I wasn't ready to go, oh, this offense for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals is back, which yeah. it's definitely not after we saw the Cleveland No, game. definitely not. Big plays are tricking people there with the Cincinnati. It, it was two weeks in a row. It was the Falcons the week before that. It was the New Orleans Saints. So everybody sees the highlights and they go, they're back, and they're not back, obviously. But all right, let's dive into the league here a little bit. Midseason state of the league conversation, right? Last year, 2021, we saw – a tr- you know, it's trade deadline. That's the first place I'd like to start because last year we saw Von Miller, right, get get traded right before the trade deadline to the Rams, and it, right. it was a huge jump-off point for them to win the Super Bowl and get them over the top. All right, so right. this year, you know, we, I know you know the trades that went down. Out of the marquee ones, the big moves, right, what do you think is the, the Von Miller trade, the trade that excites you the most that you think puts a team over the top or changes them the most and you know gives them a, a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl when all said and done? Well, two jump out, of course, immediately. Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers and, of course, Bradley Chubb 
man, the Dolphins, they're, they're just willing to do whatever it takes to get this thing to the finish line or be, you know, be a team that we think that can go to the Super Bowl. So that was a tremendous trade for them because I love their defense on paper before the year. Right. It started out pretty well. But, wow, they, they've kind of fallen apart, and some of the things they've been doing are not working, and the Dolphins needed some help, so they went out there and got it. So yeah. those two jump out by far to me. I think the one that's under under the radar is Roquan Smith going to the Baltimore Ravens. Um, I think he's going to be a big help to that defense in many ways. And I heard on TV, I, I haven't read it yet, that he's going to be the signal caller for him right away. Wow. So. I don't know. Is that true? I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked, or at least that it comes at, at some point here in the near future. But uh, you know, I'm with you there too. You know, well, that, I'll say this to him real quick. It's yeah. just that I think he is going to turn into that guy and be the leader of that defense and be the guy that gets it together and kind of, you know, holds people accountable once he gets comfortable in the locker room. So there's many things about that trade I like. Yeah, I, I think so too. They could have used a pass rusher, but I bet you Bradley Chubb was probably a little too expensive for them as far as what they had to give up to get him. I'm sure they didn't love that. I think this is the second best option. I'm I'm with you, Dad. I thought this was an amazing it, it's a it's a pretty good run stopping defensive line. And now you got they're a team that okay doesn't rush the passer, but they are slowly but surely finding ways to get after the quarterback with creative blitzes, blitz one, drop one guy, blitz two, drop one guy, whatever. So they have created pressure that way. And then I just think you and me are both a believer in like a team's defensive speed changes when you have two guys who got fucking rockets up their ass in the middle of the field. You know, really, right? And now you got him and Patrick Queen. You just go, okay, well, you know, yeah. if they don't have blockers on them at the second level, they're going to be all over the ball every play, let alone they're athletic and good in pass coverage. So I think it, it does help a lot of their issues with their team, and, and I, I'm guessing you agree with that. Yeah, let me just say this. Yeah. Roquan Smith, he's good against the run. Right. He can cover. He's really fast and agile that way, but he's a really good blitzer. He is. Too. So, man, does that fit the bill? And what it does, you said it right. I don't know about the Rockets up the rear end. That's one <laughs> phrase I don't think I've ever said. But Patrick Queen, I think what it does, it takes a lot of pressure off of him, frees him up, and he can be the guy that what he really is. is just let me run. And, you know, I know it's a simple phrase, but – I can just see that he's going to have a different uh, role in this defense with Roquan Smith there. I think it's going to help him tremendously. Patrick Queen has been getting better in my eyes from year to year. And, you know, this this Baltimore defense, too much talent to and too many ways they can figure it out. And um, I expect them to get better, that's for sure. I know. I think they're trying in the right direction. And I also think, you know, I, I want to bring up another one that you brought up. With Bradley Chubb, because I think you hit on a good point there with, with Miami. Miami, and I said this to Florio this morning, they're, I don't know, I, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm a little like you, where I look at them and go, they're too talented to be, I, I, let me make sure I get this right, the 23rd ranked defense in football right now. At right. least that's the way I look at it. I look at them and go, how, how could this group be 23rd in football? And I think their big problem is, too over-aggressive, too much in-your-face man-to-man, too many people at the line of scrimmage blitzing. I mean, last week is the perfect example. I know you watched the Lions game. They blitz and are aggressive early, and Jared Goff and company are tearing them apart. 
Second Four half, months. they dial it back a little bit. Detroit has a hard time moving. So I know they can't rush the passer either. So that's where I think they do this with Bradley Chubb to, to get a front four now with him and Jalen Phillips and Raquan Davis in the middle you know, with Christian Wilkins where they don't have to do crazy, creative, over-aggressive stuff on the defensive side of the ball. At least that's the, the way I see it. Uh, what about you? Well, Jalen Phillips, uh, you know, at times I watch him, he really jumps out when you watch him. He's, I think he's yeah, he's got some really talent. Good, yeah, He's got talent. He's got the look. He's got it all. And, you know, you're right, the pass rush. The, the thing I noticed, Miami did so much of this blitzing and everything for a couple years, and I, I would think everybody around the NFL, and even Detroit showed me, it's like, oh, you got all these guys up, big deal. They handled it really well, gave Jared Goff that extra second to throw, and if you do that against the blitz, look out. You're right, he tore them up. So that's just so everybody's gotten used to their scheme and what they're doing. But you said it, the pass rushers not getting there quick enough, putting too much pressure on the pass defense. And, you know, um, shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Melvin Ingram yeah. who came in, I thought, boy, this is going to be the guy. And he's had some moments, but – He's not the guy that's going to get around the edge all the time, speed rushing. And so this really changes that. Bradley Chubb, man, I, I don't know. It, I guess it's about money, but man, Denver letting him go. Good luck on drafting somebody to take his role somewhere in the future. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, I think you know. I think everybody was a little surprised by that. I, I don't know what their logic is either. Either that they just feel like they they weren't going to be able to pay him or didn't want to pay him the amount of money they thought it was going to take. You know, they do have you know Barrett Browning, who's been pretty special as far as a pass rusher. Maybe they look at him. They drafted a kid, Nick Benito, out of. Oklahoma, right? So I'm guessing they're going, hey, we like some of these guys and we just paid Russell a huge contract and Bradley Chubb, who's been hurt a decent amount in his career, maybe they just didn't feel comfortable about paying him top-tier pass rusher money. At least that's how I connected the dots. I don't know that, but I'm just trying to use some logic and put myself in their shoes. Yeah, of course. That's that's what it is. It's uh, it's almost always about money, isn't it? I mean, so uh, well, well, yeah, you... I'm surprised. But that rumor's been out there so long. So when you hear it for what the last yeah. four or five weeks, right? And you know, there's got to be some validity to it. And then when Adam Schefter tweets it about it, I just go, I know it's really real. Yeah, so, yeah, I know. You're he right. talks about it, so he kind of he has an inside out there in the Denver organization. And yeah, surprise. But I understand it's always about money. Russell Wilson, all that money there, and they look at their football team and go. We're not that close. We're not going to win the Super Bowl this year and maybe do some other get some other assets because you get rid of Bradley. Right, Trump. right. McCaffrey, just hit on that. Like what what did you when you first saw McCaffrey getting traded there, what did you like? What did you think it did for the 49er team? Well, he's a difference maker. You know, that's what you see. He's just a tremendous athlete. We see the speed, all the running, but it just gives Kyle Shanahan that offense so many more variables. And, you know, it, so many times as I watch all the games every week, I write, I need more deception. And and you know what I mean by that. Yeah. I like teams that move around, give you a lot of formations, make you think. And, you know, I always say when you have to think on defense, you can't attack. Right. Uh, so you're, it slows you down. And this is just Debo, Sam, just everything. IU, whatever they do, all the play actions, all the movement and everything, this is just going to make it better. And, you know, you and I and everybody, I think, included, looks at the 49ers and say, wow, this is a Super Bowl roster. Right. Well, you know, I'm sitting there going, well, you're three and four. Now I know they're four and four, but how do you become three and four if you got a Super Bowl roster? So I, I got to see more before I just really buy into this whole thing. 
But it was a great move getting Christian McCaffrey. All right. Well, that's a good jump-off spot here because I think that's a, the 49ers were 3-5 and five last year, right? We saw them make a run and almost get to the Super Bowl. Uh, and, and, you know, to answer that question, I, I do think they're a team that, you know, has gone through maybe the worst little injury spell out of everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. When you talk about no Javon Kinlaw and no uh, uh, Eric Armstead and, you know, they've dealt with some issues in the secondary, you know, some offensive line issues. I, I think we're going to – I think after this bye week we start to see the real 49er team. But that's where I want to go here, Dad. Like, yeah. out of the teams right now, and maybe it is the 49ers that answer this question. It's like, who's this year's, you know, on the edge of the playoffs right now or maybe out of the playoffs, right, that you look at to go, ooh, don't sleep on them. You know, this is a team that can make some some big-time, you know, noise here down the stretch of the year. Any team jump out of you? For me, it it probably is the 49ers, the way I look at it. I think the 49ers are a Super Bowl team. I really do. I do. I think they got Super Bowl – they got enough talent – or enough Super Bowl quality guys. In other words, we all always say this, who can you point to that's going to win it for you? Somebody's got to make the big plays. Is it the pass rusher or the corner? I mean, it just goes on and on. And they got somebody at almost at every position on the field that can be a difference maker. So their roster, yeah, I think it's one of the best in the NFL. It's top four. Uh, so yeah, can they stay healthy? That's the big deal. They seem like they go through injuries and have problems with that every year. I, I and you know a lot of times we know injuries. It's just you got it's the luck of the draw. You can be unfortunate, uh, but yeah, I love the 49ers roster more than any other team out there that's not winning their division. Or you go, who's right. going to come up from nowhere? Right. I don't know if they can come up from nowhere, but I do believe they're a Super Bowl team. Anybody else that kind of jumps out at you in that conversation? You know. Well, yeah, yeah. Like the God. Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I know I don't think they're out of the conversation by any means. No, but I think they're real. They got great team speed, and you know I like the way they're playing. Dak Prescott. I, I don't know. I thought he threw the ball. Yeah. This past week against Chicago, really well. Right. And he, I, honestly, he looks a little trimmer to me, a little looser. And I thought he threw some balls where he just connected. I mean, that thing came out of his hand, and he must have went, man, I got all of that one. And, you know, he put it in there. And that was great to see. Maybe the rest really helped him out uh, as far as his arm, whatever. I don't know. But I like the way they're running their football team and the speed on the defense. And, of course, Mike, all the rushers. I mean, that's that's why you always got to look at the Cowboys and say they have a chance to beat anybody in the NFL team. Yeah, I, I hear you. They do. They got enough studs everywhere on the football field. They're, they're never going to be mismatched by any team they play in the NFL. I think that's the, the bottom line there. Like the, the, the vice versa of that, Dad, and I want to ask you about a few teams really too, but just the vice versa of that conversation of, okay, who's last year's 49ers team, right, who came out of nowhere? All right, who's the team that you look at to be, let's just say, for lack of a better way to phrase it, this year's Arizona Cardinal team, right? Last year, 7-1 and one, uh, at, at this point oh. of the year. You're thinking, oh, my gosh, they might be a number one seed. Oh, they barely get into the playoffs. And then, of course, it's a quick exit. You know, is there a team out there? And there's a lot of talk about teams like the Vikings. Are they really 6-1? and one? Is there one that jumps out to you that you go, I'm not sure about it, or I could see them fa- falling apart a little down the stretch? Well, I think my first thought is the Giants and Jets. They're probably – are they in the playoffs right now as we talk? They are in as we talk, but it's all right. Well, You're, yeah, the Jets are in the yeah. Jets are 5-3 and three in the 5 seed right now. The, Gi- the Giants right. are 6-2 and two in the 6 seed right now as it stands. 
Well, I think their margin of error, you know, I use that statement a lot because I don't know any other way to say it. Yeah. They're going to have to win a lot of close games. And when you count on or in that situation, those games can turn against you just as easy as they turn for you. So those two, if they can hang in there and even make the playoffs, I think it would be just a great thing for the organizations. But the Minnesota Vikings, look, I watched their game this past week, and I'm just – I don't know why. I just can't buy in yet. I got to see more. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think that the fact that they went to Philadelphia and really didn't compete there. Right. Sticks in my mind. And it just seems like no matter what, Hey, if they get a big lead, they got to hang on. Yeah. But I will admit they, they do a good job of coming back too. I like their offensive line, Kirk cousins, give him time. He's still a, a really good thrower of the football and get it done. But that's the number one team with the great record they have six and one that I look at and just go, I'm going to keep watching and uh, see how it works out. Yeah. I I'm with you too. And I, you know, it, it's hard and maybe we could flush this out to put our, put my you know finger on exactly what gives me that feeling. That's, I think, you know, it's like you said, I watch it every week. Oh, Hey, they won, but there's nothing I love about them. You know? And, and that's where, you know, there's a team like let's just say the Baltimore Ravens. They're five and three. I have right. way more faith in them from Minnesota right now. I don't. And maybe this is what it is. Baltimore has shown quarters and parts of games this year against really good teams that they're they can play at a high level and be dominant and really go. You can go, wow, this is impressive. Whether it's the second half against the Bucks, you know what they did against the Bills up twenty to three. You know, and, you know, I know they lost, but they've shown, you know, many points during the year of being a dominant football team. They've made some mistakes at the end of games that I look at to be correctable mistakes. But maybe that's what it is with Minnesota. We haven't seen, like, that period of a game or or, or the majority of a game where we go, oh, they just, they're dominating right here. It kind of seems to be good but never great. And then it's a little bit of a hang on. And then, of course, the schedule is falling the right way with them as well. And I I think that's why I'm with you two there. I just don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sold on Minnesota either as being dominant. They might make the playoffs, but I'd be shocked if it's like as the one or two seed. That's what I guess I'm saying. Well, yeah, I, I expect them to be able to run the ball better than they have this year. That's one thing that jumps out when I always think of Minnesota that, you know, they just got to do that. And then, you know, uh, on the defensive side, uh, their pass defense, that worries me. Yeah. The pass rush, just in my opinion, is not consistent enough. And two, you know, it seems like in big moments when I just watch them, these are just quick thoughts when I watch their games, is that, you know, Kirk Cousins, I would say – not every game, but a lot of games, he throws under a lot of pressure. Yeah. And uh, so that that just bothers me too. When you look at – I just look down and just look at some of their stats, and nothing really jumps out except the fact on scoring defense, they're 12th. They can keep you out of the end zone. Right. But uh, I just got to see more. And, that you know, the, just being honest, I just got to watch them closer and really draw – a much more concrete opinion on what's going on there. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. All right, so all right, let's dive into a few other things here. You know, I, I love to play like this time of the year a little bit about like who can actually win the Super Bowl. This is this uh, is like like teams where you look at it and just go like legitimately. I, I, we know there's a lot of teams here that can make the playoffs that are on the outside looking in and all of that, but. I don't know. This is the time of the year where I always feel like, wait, I, I can, 
and more years than not, I mean, and I, I stand corrected if anybody can research it out there to say I was wrong about these. I feel like it could almost narrow it down to like the four or five teams, six teams where you go, no, no, no. They, these are the teams that can win the Super Bowl. Everybody else, yeah, they can maybe be annoying in the playoffs or do that, you know, and that's where I guess let, let's, let's, let's play that game for lack of a, a better way to, to, to do this here. Who, who do you kind of look at as the top teams in football in Phil Simms' eyes right now? Well, of course, Buffalo Bills, they're up there, and I feel even if it falls apart a little on them, I still think they'll have a chance once as long as they're, they can round into shape or have those right people healthy when they come to the playoffs. But they're by far up there, Kansas City Chiefs, of course. I mean, those, those are no surprises. No surprise, anybody. right. I like the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys that I say, hey, if they win the Super Bowl, I wouldn't be shocked. Right. San Francisco, because we've already talked about it, yep. that one jumps out at me. Right. You know, I'm lukewarm still on on Minnesota, and then you know in the South and the NFC, <laughs> I, I don't. This is one team I want to watch. I was high on before the season, or just thinking, you know, nobody's paying attention. Some people did, of course. Is the New Orleans Saints? You know, I know they got a long way to go, and now they're you know they're three and five. I, I think Andy Dalton has settled the team down. Uh huh. And when you just watch them play. And these last, they're big, they're tough on both sides of the ball, and they seem to finally have found their rhythm a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's really going way out there talking about them. Well, that's a team that you, it sounds like we should have put in the conversation of like the team that's on the outside and comes out of nowhere here and could yeah. maybe be a pain in the ass, that is what you're saying, which I don't disagree with. I would with. say this. Yeah. Don't let them get in the playoffs. Yeah, right. They're going to be scary. Right, right. Yeah, I think they really are. I just, you know, the, the team I saw last week was that flying around, doing, you know, just, they reminded me of the team a couple years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I know they lost some players, but I remember before the year, that was like one of my dark horses is the New Orleans Saints. Look out, see what they can do. And I know they, they put themselves, they lost some games they never should have lost, uh, especially out in Arizona. It just it didn't bounce their way, uh, even though I thought they were the better team that yeah, night right. when they played the Cardinals. Right, yeah, but two bad picks. That's pick team sixes. out of nowhere yeah. I would take. And the Tennessee Titans leading the AFC South, I, yeah. I just think their style of play makes it tough. Can yeah. you win playoff games when it's, we know it's going to be tight? Derrick Henry has touched the ball 93 times, I think, in the last three games. Yeah, There's no way you can sustain that either. So somewhere along the line, they got to start giving the ball to somebody else to keep him fresh. But, yeah, the Titans I love. I love their coach. I like a lot of things about them. But the style of play just makes the margin of error too just too small, in my opinion. Yeah, so that, that that's where uh, you wouldn't put them in the, you know, I wouldn't want to mess with them in the playoffs conversation oh, there. Yeah, I would. I'd yeah. put them in that. I'd put them in that category for sure. But I you mean, just don't you know, think the Titans, they. Yeah, you don't think they got enough to to get to the Super Bowl as it stands right now. Is is kind of what you're saying? It scares you, and it's too yeah. Derrick Henry dependent. Yeah, it's that. And, you know, Kirk, I'm Kirk Cousins. Ryan Tannehill, I think he's been throwing the ball really well this year. And he's making a lot of really tight throws and all that. And so it's the passing game, of course, can't be sophisticated too much because they're about running the football. I don't know the numbers, but when I watch it, I go, wow, Ryan Tannehill's under center like every play. Between them and Atlanta, you know, they're under center a lot. It's just when I, just my perception, not that that's bad. But again, just the style of play, 
you got to dominate physically to win those close games, and I just don't know if you can do that three or four straight weeks in the NFL. Yeah, I I, I hear you. That's scary, and and the fact that you know, there's no wide receiver that can ever take pressure off the offense and rip off a thirty or forty yard gain. You know, the defense has been playing really good. They're scary yeah. good against the run. The D line is starting to look like we thought it would look like at the start of the year, even without Harold Landry. Uh, they're they're one to uh, we'll see. Maybe when they get Traylon Burks back, Tannehill gets back, maybe they can start to get somewhat of a passing offense together and and be a little bit more balanced or dangerous that way. All right, so wait. I haven't looked. Is Tannehill yeah. going to play this week? I, I haven't heard anything yet either. There has been nothing yeah. about it yet. So, yeah, uh, yeah we, we might get an update here before the, the show is over, and I'll let you know. All right, so as it stands right now, all right, you, you, the Super Bowl teams you talked about, Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, Eagles, 49ers, right? Those are right. teams you looked at that you go, I think can all be we, – we did not add we, the Baltimore Ravens. Would you put them in that conversation? Because I would. I think they have enough to, to get there and do it. I do too. I mean, uh, I think they're – when I look at most of these teams, I think the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bills, and the Chiefs, I put all those teams above the Baltimore Ravens yeah. right now. Yeah, okay, I'm with but you. Yeah, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, the fact that what they did down in Tampa gives you more hope. It's just the style of play they had there and you know, just how they orchestrated the game. Uh, it was slow at first, but then Lamar kind of came through for them, so that was interesting. And, you know, I, I have – a, quite a bit of faith in their pass game that it's good enough to get them through all this stuff as they run the football and play their defense. Right. And so, um, you know, that, yeah, they're a scary team to me. I wouldn't like to play them either. I'd want somebody easier in the first round of the playoffs, but I, I think the Baltimore Ravens, of course, are going to get in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm with you there. Okay. All right. So other teams though, we haven't brought up. I just want, because I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts here. Miami. Miami, you listen to most people on TV right now that they're going to the Super Bowl yesterday after Bradley Chubb. They're going there. Just mark it down, and they're going. But you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like Miami. Obviously, a playoff team. Obviously, dangerous. Do a lot of things. Defense to me has got to change. To your point that you said earlier, I mean, that defense it's not going to get it done when they got to play Josh Allen or Mahomes again for for you know another time. They're going to tear that apart. Um, but do you look at them as being a team that could be more than just a playoff contender and win a game or two? Do you think they have the potential to make maybe make a run and upset one of these better teams and get there when all said and done? Yeah, I think with getting Bradley Chubb, the defense has settled down a little bit, um, you know, play better. You know, I think the other thing that surprises me about the Miami Dolphins, their run game. You yeah. Know, it just hasn't been good. Right. And uh, you know, Mike McDaniel coming from out in San Francisco, I was expecting to see more, but it looks like, and well, it just it tells us they've invested in what they're doing on offense. And you and I were talking before we started. I said, I, I watch the Miami Dolphins every week, and it's, I don't know if you want to call them RPOs or play action, but they're extremely good at it. He can, it's, it's all the strengths of Tua we see. Right. Get rid of the football quick, accurate, you know, throwing the football very, right. uh, I think he makes overall pretty good decisions. Agreed. So yeah. it's it's play action passes, screens, and bootlegs. That's it. Yeah. Of course, that's enough. But that that's what they do. And the run game needs to get better. I don't even know where it's ranked. I don't care. Just when I watch, I just don't see it. I don't see anything special about the run game. No. And I don't know if a running back's going to correct that. So no, no, I I, I I hear you. No, and it's it's Saying down the list. Though, let me finish. Yeah. Saying all that though, as I watch them. Yeah, they can beat anybody. 
they can, you know, and it'll be really interesting to see how this defense shapes up the next couple of weeks. Like you said, maybe change a little bit what they're doing, trying to be aggressive. It's all that's over, you know, teams, the NFL, as I used to say, I haven't said it in years. It's the fastest adapting organism there is in the world. Yeah. And you can do something for a few weeks and all of a sudden it's not going to work anymore because the league adapts to it. So we'll see how it goes, but yeah, I think they're dangerous. I didn't mean to leave them out, but I did. And I think they're in that group that a little scary when you look at them. Yeah, I, I, I would agree too. And you know, the, the run game, I think will come along. They have moments of it. I, I, but I think to your point, the RPO, the quick design, maybe looks like an RPO, play action pass, get it out of your hands. The screens, get it to Waddle, get it to Tyreek's hands on the outside. I feel like they're kind of using that as their de facto run game as their own line gets used yeah, to no, it. No, no, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. The RPOs, I'll just tell you this, when Tua was at Alabama, I don't know who told me down there, Nick Saban or somebody, he said something. He goes, why, why do we even RPO? We throw it every single time yeah, right, that we right. call these plays. I think that this is try. I think that somebody told me they ran the ball once out of like a high number of RPOs that they handed it off. The rest of the time, Tua was faking it and getting rid of it. And of course, with those receivers, he had great success. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. It's perfect for him. They've orchestrated the perfect offense that fits his skill set, and right. they got the right guys around for the Mike McDaniel offense, so it really is. It's, I think they're dangerous, too. They wouldn't be one of my top teams in football, but, yeah, I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't love seeing them coming to town if I'm a playoff team and having to deal with that, that group of weaponry. All right. All right, so those are Super Bowl teams, but I want to talk about some other teams that, like, and I, you know, we haven't even really talked about this. Just you and I, as you know, father son football talking guys here, is the the teams that everybody thought were going to the Super Bowl before the year, the, the you know the the Buccaneers, the Rams, the Packers, right? Just I, I'd love to hear you know your assessment a little bit there of just those three teams. First thought that jumps out to you, you know, and. Do you think they can get into the playoffs as we go along here? First off, the Rams. Like, uh, just right away, what, what, what do you think of the Rams, three and four, and do you think there's any way they can create some magic here and actually be a force in the NFC? Um, a, a force in the NFC? No. Yeah. I, I, right. You know, I just always, this is always what I think, and I don't know, maybe because I was with Bill Parcells and doing games back when I did all those times. If your offensive line is not – Top 10 or 12, you have no chance, I don't think, of winning. But, you know, of course, the outliers, what? The Cincinnati well, that's all, but that's what's, well, yeah, you better have a freaking awesome quarterback to, to make yeah. up for that. So, yeah, I hear you, but your point's I real. Mean, go look at their Super Bowl lineup and look at it, what it is now. Yeah. And just watch games and watch Matt Stafford, him get hit. Right. Now, you know, I, I, I might even look that up as we talk about it when I get done. How many times does he be hit, hit the pressure he throws under? I just wonder if it's sustainable for him. Can he stay healthy? And, you know, last year he was protected well. But you look at that offensive line, I think they got one starter from last year's Super Bowl on the offensive line. Yeah. And that's that's really hard to overcome. And then the targets who he's throwing to, that's been an issue out there. Maybe it'll get better. They're tough. Matt Stafford is. Yeah. But the Rams, I, I, don't, I don't see, again, too many things have to go right from the do what we're asking here. 
and I don't think that can happen. I, I agree. They were. They, you can say what you want. They were outclassed by the four and four forty ers last weekend. I mean, yeah. I, I want to go. What I want to raise everybody's questions, like the people who think that this thing's going to get fixed with the Rams. I want to go. What do you think would have happened in that game if Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw played? I mean, yeah. it might have been like you know attempted murder charges on the 49er defense alignment <laughs> when the game was over. I mean, it was, there's no chance. There's just no chance. They can't run the ball, Lick. They can't run the ball even enough to get into second down to where you think, ooh, they might actually run it again to now use the play-action pass. They can't even set up the down a distance to use the play-action play pass to their advantage. And Sean McVay, you know, I know you watched the 49er game last week. I mean, there, there's only so many screens he can have in a game to slow down the pass rush and help things out. I mean, they had 75 screens in the football game. So uh, <laughs> well, that, that's, that's, you know, I'm with you. I was at a few weeks ago where I was going Rams team that gets in the playoffs at 9-8 and eight and is a number 7 seed and, oh, you're, if you've got to play them, you're going, oh, damn, it's the Rams and they're tough like you said. But I'm at the point here after the last few weeks where I go – I, I don't see any seed coming up. And they're not, they're not going to the playoffs. I think it's a blessing in disguise that they didn't get a trade yesterday and use some more of their assets because they're not one player away. They're like eight players away. This is different than years past. So uh, I'm, I'm with you. The I guess only I'm way going they to make it all yeah, happen yeah. is to somehow have an offense that you, know, you just can't rely on throwing it every down. They don't run it worth it. But their defense just has to catch fire. Right. That's what it is. Right. You know, the defense has a lot of good moments, and they hang in there. They but, do. But, you know, when you you keep going out there and, and, you know, your offense is not helping you out as much as you hope, you know, that's that's the big thing I notice when I see them. Definitely. The defense still has some difference makers. Yeah. Uh, it's a good scheme. Yeah. But that scheme is – I don't maybe it's not even aggressive enough for the team they have now. It was a great scheme for last year. Yeah, let's see if you can complete a bunch of passes – Sooner or later, we're going to sack the quarterback or one of our guys is going to make a play. Right. Um, situations like that, that's not going to happen this yeah, year. Yeah, you think they got to force the issue maybe and really rely on the defense to put them and get turnovers, cause some plays, and, and do that, which I, I don't you disagree. Know. This is why I think they were probably – from all due accounts, they were in the conversation for Bradley Chubb, and it sounds like they you know, were in even trying to get Carolina to train Brian, trade Brian Burns probably Brian. for the same reasons you're, you're talking about. That they realize, like, hey, we might have to go through the defense here to to screw things up. All right, wait. I always kind of think that the yeah. Rams just go ahead. Let's just see, be a little more aggressive on the defensive side. It, um, you know, they're a team again. You know, that's I don't study them every single week. I will watch the game, but I just go, wow, they never really take chances blitzing as much as you would think they would. They got some quality guys in the secondary, of course, Jalen Ramsey. But uh, what'll well, be interesting? I think that. They're going to have to change the formula that they have right now if they want to get into the playoffs and have any success. Yeah, I'm going to say no playoffs for the Los Angeles Rams. Let's go to another team, and, and in fact, they play each other this week. Where it's going to be interesting. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? I, I think there's things about their team I look at and I still like. I don't, I don't give a shit that they're 3-5 and five or whatever. I, there is some aspects about it that I go, how, you know, I'm not – I don't know if I see Super Bowl in their future, but I like can still have a say and be annoying in the playoffs, Tampa Bay. What do you think, man? What's what's your assessment of how they are and do you think they can maybe turn it around and, and be a pain in the butt here down the stretch? Well, I think they could. Absolutely. I, I almost look at this game this weekend as an elimination game. Yeah. Them because, you know, the way both of them are playing, again, you know, how many 
it's not like it used to be. Tampa could beat you with their pass rush, their secondary, their linebackers, Tom Brady, all the receivers, and that's not happening right now. No, the, the big concern there is anytime I think, even this weekend, how are they going to handle Aaron Donald yeah. inside? Uh-huh. I mean, that's, you know, we know all these phrases. I, you know, just everybody talks about it. Tom Brady needs protection in the pocket. No kidding. Yes, he needs some room there to maneuver. Um, you know, and a two, and you know, as a quarterback, once you're under enough pressure and it's consistent, then what do you expect the next play? Yeah. Oh, well, they're going to mock him up big time this play. Right. No, right. you have to now start playing knowing you're going to get pressure. And um, I don't think they've adjusted well to that either. It was really these last couple games in Carolina and playing Baltimore. Wow. I, I don't know what else to say except wow. And I thought when they played Baltimore, that was – Man, I like Tampa Bay because of the emotion. They know a lot's on the line here and all that. Started out fast, right? Right. I'm like, man, I'm really smart. I did it the right. And then for two and a half quarters, it was nothing. Just got and, worn uh, down. So that would worry, I know. That yeah. would worry me a lot. Green Bay Packers? I, You know, I think uh, Sunday night, the Green Bay Packers learned a lot and – I liked how emotional they played. I thought they played really tough. They did. and Yeah, and they just lined up and ran the ball, which, you know, what, what is Green Bay running the ball? Well, they're not they're not high on the list. I've just put a list in front of me. No, no, they're not. In the NFL they're running. coming on here just as of late. The last few weeks, they're starting to really get it going. See, I thought they could win with two ways this year, running the ball and playing their defense up front and their whole defense. Really, yeah. When you look on paper, their whole defense – I think that's another, you know, kind of surprise for me. Yeah, not, disappointment. Not surprise, but just expected to be good at all levels. Right. And it has not been. Very good against the pass because people are running it and slowing the games down. But uh, uh, Green Bay, so I, my point being, I think they learned a lot about themselves up in Buffalo. And we'll see if they can carry it over. But I thought that was really impressive just coming up. Matt LaFleur's interview, did you see it when he came out after halftime? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was like, we're going to man up here and boom. I would have loved to heard that speech at halftime. That would have been good from him. But they, they did it. Uh, so that, that gives me a little hope about what they're doing. Can they make a run here, find a way to get in the playoffs, win the division? I think all that's a, still a little possible. I, I, not, winning, I, not winning their division, yeah, but just getting into the playoffs. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you. I, I know. There, there is some things there. And if they can run the ball like that, maybe that will finally open up some more aggressive pass game looks. They're frustrating. You know, even the other night, as much as I want to give them credit for their toughness, there's a part of me that was going in the fourth quarter – you know, I, I think you know what I'm going to say here. I'm going, I don't know, even know if they're trying to win the game. They're just trying not to get blown out right now. And I know they were running the ball and doing that, and it was good. But I just was going, I felt like, man, am I really watching fourth quarter Aaron Rodgers, like the Green Bay Packers, let's just not lose by 30 and let's lose by 10 or 12? Like, that's kind of what it seemed like. And it's just crazy we're at that point a little bit, you know, with the Green Bay Packers. I think they were n- trying to manipulate the game. Yeah. And you had to do this too. Your quarterback, as you watched that first half, you don't want to lose him. Yeah, that's right. They were running over him at That's time. a good point. So I think right. they just did what – and I, I never looked at the game and go, like you did, I thought they were just trying to squeeze it and get to a point where we can get it down if we get the ball one time to try to yeah. you know, upset them, win the game. So, quite honestly, I thought the game was really well managed by Matt LaFleur. I really did. Even the play calls. I don't have any 
argument with what he's doing because I understood it. Uh, you did not. You did not want Aaron Rodgers back there holding the ball too many times. Yeah, that's that's a good point, and that's probably something I even overlooked too. All right, so Rams, Tampa, Green Bay. If you had to pick one out of that group there to turn it around and go, okay, you know, who who's the one out of those three that you like? I think we both know the Rams are not that team. I think we're both going there. So then out of Tampa, I'm going Green Bay. You are going to go Green Bay. Yeah, I'm going Green Bay. Yes, even though Tampa's, you know got the, uh, an easier uh, path because of the division they're in and their record matches, whatever. So, but I, I do, I still like green Bay. I still think they have a chance uh, to correct what they're doing and catch a little fire and find the rhythm and really get into what they can do to win football games. So, yeah. Hey, you know, we saw three games in a row teams took away their short passing game and they really struggled. Yeah. So you, they got to make some adjustments there. Even the other night, a lot of short passes and what were the long throws down the field? Usually, well, the one where there was the route was changed, but usually it's a fade to the inside bump receiver right. or a fade to the outside bump receiver. And I just, I'd like to see more from their offense. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I know. I, I think if I had to choose between the two, I, I, it's it's really close for me. I'd probably go Tampa over Green Bay. I, I and, and you know I don't know if my reasoning's either that great. I guess I just I think Tampa still when they get Akeem Hicks could still have a defense that I go wow they can make some plays and do some things. Maybe I'm wrong to think that. And offense well, they're beat up and hard to judge right now too. I I know funny. that's where it's I I guess that's the aspect I look at. The offensive line does scare me. I don't I guess the Brady God you know Chris Good Godwin. Mike Evans thing makes me think that they can get it done too. Uh, I know the division, but I, it is, is definitely favorable for them. But yeah, I guess I have more. I have more faith in them in Green Bay. Green Bay. I don't know what it is about them. I don't. I just again to me there's a it's a tightness in how they play, and the game has to be played so perfectly that I almost sometimes think it takes away from their ability to play free in big games and and just go and let it all hang out. I guess that's what scares me a little bit, but it's, it's, it's a tough one to call for sure. Well, I think a lot of people, everybody says it now, you know, we all listen to each other and we read articles and all that. It's, it's, you know, we all run the foot. I'd like to see the running game. We know it can work. We saw that, but you know, in years past, Christopher, not even last year, probably, but we saw at least a share of deep play action passes down the field. Let the, you know, let the, yeah. Offense expand the defense a little, and of course, Aaron Rodgers is going to read anything. Right, but just to give him more space, give him more time, to, and look for some explosive plays. But you're right to play games perfectly and all that. Come on, that that's hard to do in the NFL. No matter what, to win games, you need explosive plays on both sides of the football, and they do not get enough of them on offense right now. No, they don't. All right, here we go. Mark it down right now. All right, so tell me right now. Here we are. I'll give you mine. You get who who. We're going week nine, okay? Before the year started, I picked 49ers Chiefs Super Bowl. Um, I picked 49ers versus Eagles in the NFC Championship game. I picked Bills Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. I kind of went, you know, chalk as far as that's concerned. If you had to pick two teams right now, Super Bowl, that you just go after these eight weeks, it looks good. Who are you going to go with as a Super Bowl matchup? Oh my gosh! I know. I, I got to think for yeah. a second. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it and say Buffalo and and the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, I'm, I know. Hey, look, I'm done. I believe in the Eagles. Yeah, not that I didn't, but every week they just go. Oh, they showed me something else. Here it goes. Yeah. And I was talking to you last week, and I did it on CBS. Just their offense 
everything kind of connects. Right. And all you got to do is watch the Dallas game and you just go, oh my gosh. I mean, Micah Parsons stood out there most of the game was like this. What do I do? Because somebody's in motion coming towards him. There's a play action in front of him. Jalen Hurts is going to run. He's going to throw it. I, I just think they created an offense that fits Jalen Hurts to the T. And of course, their talent. Again, name me the weak spot on the Philadelphia Eagles. Good answer. I know. That's it. It, it, know. it is not. The only weak spot was maybe the pass rush, and that's that was addressed. And they got such depth and versatility there. I know. There's nothing. And yeah, Well, the I, other thing about the Eagles, yeah. we don't see this too often, Christopher, is what we do, but not like that. They got two corners that are, like, playing out of their minds. I mean, it seems like when I really focus, let me just watch them because, you know, it's hard to follow 32 teams and yeah. everything. But when I do it, I just go, oh, my gosh. These guys are throwing shutouts. Definitely, definitely. Darius Slay is on fire this year. There's no question about that. James Bradbury, listen. Yeah. Maybe I didn't pay enough attention to him with the Giants because they were, you know, the the record was never good enough for me to sit there. I I watched them every week but didn't dig in on it. But James Bradbury, I think, has been really, really good too. All right. Two two other teams I want to hit on here before we go in. And and I, I think I'm with you too. If I had to pick a Super Bowl right now, I am going Buffalo, Philadelphia. It's, it's, it's hard not to. In fact, I don't know. There's a part of me that, that thinks I'd, I think maybe Buffalo is the best team in football. I don't care that they're, you know, the Eagles are undefeated. I think if you ask me and to, who's going to win in a head-up matchup, I'm going to take the Bills and Josh Allen and company. I am. Yeah, I'll tell you. I know. Boy, that's a tough one. That's a really tough I, one. It would be a great it, it matchup. It would be a toss-up at best for me. I almost lean – a little towards the Eagles. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I, 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 I and they, you. you know, listen, you know, the guy that yelled at me for all those years, you can't, you can't go wrong with big teams. Yeah, I know. What's, what's the old saying? Yeah. Big people Fast don't get smaller. Get slower, right. Big teams do not get smaller. Yeah. And the Eagles are, they're a big damn team. That's for sure. All right. Two other teams we haven't hit on here just before we move on to some other fun stuff. Because uh, right. I think we're on – Buffalo's winning the AFC East. K- Kansas City's winning the AFC West. We're both on Tennessee winning the South. All right. right. And I think you were, we're both on Baltimore winning the, the AFC North. Me too. Right? Yep. Right? That's so, take. now, in the NFC, Philly, we're on that. Minnesota, yep. you're going to say they're going to take the NFC North, right? I think you're, you're – you Yes. Kind of they're going to win the division. Right. We're going to win the division. Now, we got two other – you know, division divisions there, and we haven't talked about this, and I want to talk about this because I've talked about you when I've talked about this subject. Do you think Seattle – I want you to talk about Seattle in general. I want you to talk about Geno Smith. I used you as a big jump ball point early in the year to just go and, you know, I'm a believer in Geno, always liked him, felt like he got a bad rap, and then I've always furthered the conversation that, you know, you and, and my brother Matt, you used to see him and throw with him, and you were always uh, amazed and telling me how big time his arm was and he's a better athlete than you think when you see him in person and all of that. So, you know, one, can the Seahawks hang on to win that division? Do you do that? And then, two, just give me your little spiel about the Seahawks and what you like you're, you're seeing from, from Big Geno so far. Well, you know, first I'll just go to this. You love Kenneth Walker coming out. I mean, you even talked him up more than I liked him or whatever, and he's lived up to every bit of that. So that, that kind of makes – that's putting them in that conversation yeah. where you've got to take them seriously. Geno Smith, you know, just watched him through the years and everything. I always thought he had the talent. He was immature with the Jets. That didn't work. 
goes to the Giants. The Giants really liked him. Right. You know, I like what he did. In, you know, he what did he say? Ben McAdoo and Jerry Reese right. really believed in me. I thought that was pretty cool for him to say. But I know Pete Carroll, even before this year, when Russell was out there, he had made some comments that I saw him that Gino was, you know, in practice is he's awesome. So, but, you know, he can't go overboard because he's not playing in the games. I think last year when he played in those games, he showed a lot of people what he had. And I think that's the reason the 49ers, 49ers, the Seahawks didn't go out there and try to acquire. I mean, they're watching preseason and before the preseason started, every quarterback in the NFL is going to Seattle. Yeah. You know, that's right, all I heard. Right. And I just go, Drew Locke, I had a little, I had faith in him too. But man, he, I lost it in that last preseason game, that's for sure. Yeah. But I thought Geno did everything right in preseason, managed games, good decisions. He's big. He can run. He's the modern-day guy, Christopher. I mean, we don't think about him running, but he's running out there. A ton. And he's he, running, buying time. Uh, yep. And yep. I don't know. I think I've watched every throw of his this year. I don't think he's throwing one ball. It's not a perfect spiral. Yeah, I know. And he has not been off target much either. And, you know, I read into everything. I love that, was it two weeks ago when they were leaving the field, Pete Carroll had his arm around him, you know. And, man, Pete Carroll, he – He's when loving he gets it emotional. Up. It's over the top, man. But yeah. it's 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 great. And I tell you, if you're on that team and you're rolling or you're playing well, he's the man to be coaching. That's for sure. Yeah, that's but, right. But but again, the practice all the time, and they continuously keep talking about Geno Smith. I've been on him the whole year, and I had faith in him in the preseason. And you know, I love this. Well, how, why would you think those things? Well, I. I I'm not even going to answer it. <laughs> I mean, why am I going to think it? it? We, You and I know, and most people know, that he has a chance just from the physical talent ability. Right. So that in itself is worth taking a risk with. Yeah, exactly right. So, exactly right. Yeah. Let alone we knew just from other people that he loves football. We could see it from himself just in, in what you talk about working out with him and how he approached it. And he's he's smart. He's smart. I mean, he, he, he loves the game. He can work at it, and he can pick up an offense. So, uh, yeah, and then you add in the talent like you're talking about, and you go, why couldn't it work? That's for sure. Now, can it work? Do you think they can hang on to the NFC West, or do you think the 49ers walk them down before all said and done? And do you think the Seahawks stay in the, the playoff conversation here throughout the year? I think they'll be able to stay into it for many reasons. Yeah. You know, one, you've got to give John Schneider a, a, a big plus – the draft, they crushed it. I mean, they literally crushed it. And I, I don't know what else to say. And even get the free agent, um, Uchenna Owusu. He's, you know, he's having a good year too. So every move they made during the offseason has really panned out for them. And can they ha- can they hold the 49ers off? A yes or no answer, I'm going to say no. Right. Um, I'm just, that's, but the 49ers, 49ers, sorry. The Seahawks, once again, this past week, I said, man, the Giants, this is going to be a tough matchup for Seattle. And I took the Giants to win. But as I watched the game, I went, wow, I don't know if the Giants really ever had a chance no. to get this done. They no. even got the breaks and still couldn't couldn't take care of it. So that told me something, too, about Seattle. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, too. If you made me pick, I'm going to go 49ers, do walk them down and win the NFC West. But I think Seattle 
is going to be in the playoff conversation. And there's a part of me that really wants to say they're going to be in the playoffs altogether. I do. First off, I I think the defense has got a little creativity and toughness to it this year. And we're not seeing them do dumb shit like we saw the last few years (laughs) where you just were like, wait, no one covered this guy. He's running for a touchdown. Where's anybody in the screen? You know, they got some guys on the outside and Michael Jackson and this Tariq Woolen who can cover some people. And Diggs is a great safety. And, you know, Brooks at linebacker is good. And then you said it, like, Uchena Nuosa is probably their star up front, but they got a lot of good up front. It's a lot of good. It's a lot of like, oh, hey, he's pretty good. You don't ever look at any of them and go, well, he stinks and he's horrible. Whoa, he's a liability. They got a little depth and they're solid across there. And then I think you add that with the explosive ability on offense and Geno. Uh, I'm well, with you. Yeah. I'm with you there. They got difference makers right now. The running back, the quarterback, uh, the offensive line. You know, hey, they're a big team too. Just yeah. watch them on TV. They look big. I thought they made the Giants. Maybe it was the uniforms. I go, wow, they're a lot bigger than the Giants, and the Giants are not small by any means. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really been impressive. And of course, running the ball now, and with those two receivers and Geno not afraid to throw it anywhere. <laughs> Just gives you a lot of hope. I <clears throat> I root for teams. We all root for teams for many reasons. I'm going to root for Seattle. I hope they make the playoffs just to get in the playoffs. It'll be, I think that'll be a great accomplishment. I was on Inside the NFL last night, and they showed a graphic how many what Vegas had wins and losses right. for the year. They had Seattle at five and a half. Now, I'm, I'm not lying. During the summer, I went, well, hell, I'd bet the under. Right, right. <laughs> so that's that's kind of what I thought. And then preseason football was good. Still didn't believe. But as the year's gone on, more and more, I'm a believer. Yeah, so. well, uh, producer Pete's in my ear, and he's going, I am one of those that bet the under. So he's lost some money. And, oh. <laughs> and uh, hey, that'll take well, that'll me. That'll teach you to bet. Yeah, seriously. Well, uh, speaking of betting, okay, we're going to go to a little MGM, a little bet MGM read here, all right? Oh. The action never stops at bet MGM. Sign up now using bonus code SIMS, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. So say you bet $100 on the Seahawks to win the NFC West if you win you'll get $300 but if you lose you will still get $100 worth of free bets simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code SIMS to make your first wager risk-free up to $1,000 All right, so I hope everybody out there likes that. We gave them some of our love, the division leaders, teams to watch out for. I'm with you. If you made me sit here right now and go, okay, yeah, the 49ers win the West. Seattle gets bumped down, right, at some point there. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up, you know, maybe – knocking the Giants out of the playoffs because they're, you know, tiebreaker there either way. But I'm with you too, Dad. I'm rooting for the Seahawks. It's, the one, to me, one of the best stories in football this year. It, right. It's showing, one, that you don't have to have a top-five pick at quarterback to win a game. You can actually build a team and do it. Like, we don't have to always have Mahomes or Josh Allen. So I love that aspect. And, yeah, how could you not love that with the Russell Wilson drama and all that? So I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I'm glad I made you laugh. <laughs> All right. I like that. Uh, who who was that? You know, like, oh, I don't, you I don't know. know. Just the random idiots on TV, or just where you know you you need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. You need a quarterback. All right. Well, here's here's how it goes. Yeah. Here's how it goes for quarterbacks. If you're young and unproven, anything that goes wrong, you stink. And if you're a veteran that's had some success in the NFL, well, they need to get you more help. 
Yeah, I yeah. Mean, it's always, well, he doesn't have enough help. Well, you know, some of these young quarterbacks are on bad teams. They don't have a lot of help either. So, or whatever. But that's that's the conversation, and it's always about the quarterback. You know, so even I get tired of talking about them. Yeah, I, I know so. it is. It's annoying. It is. All right, and and here we go. All right, so let's have some fun with just some like uh, things to go around, like awards for the year. All right. Oh. First okay. one, just MVP right now. Who do you who do you Tyree think? Kill. You're gonna take Tyree Kill over Josh Allen I, right now. I'm taking Tyree Kill. I, I know I'm just being out of the box a little bit. Okay, that's right. Your... When you watch them play uh-huh. and you see what they do, he changed their whole team. Dad, I like that. I I, I think you're on to something there. I'm not I'm I not mean, even man. I'm not even I mean I'm taking Josh Allen, but you're right. I'm sitting here looking at the Bet MGM odds right now for guys that are in the MVP conversation. Tyree right. Kill should be in that on in this on this graphic. Is that on it? No, no. You know because it's again it's it's Mahomes, it's Josh Allen, it's Jalen Hurts. Three names that of course we all know deserve to be there. But uh, you're we talk about value to a team. You're right. I think he's right up there with any of them. He's changed their team. He's making the quarterback look like. The quarterback that everybody in Tuanon and Miami and Alabama wanted him to look like. So right. there, there is a good one. And right now, well, the, good, the, the good thing, Christopher, is yeah. he's got a partner in crime too. And sometimes I have to re- rewatch the tape to so see which one it is, Waddle or Tyreek Hill. <laughs> yeah, I know. And man, it's close. It's close. But yeah, he just I, as I was watching it again, probably Monday, I was watching a game, just going, wow. It's Tyreek Hill. What a difference in a team. And that's kind of when it hit me as I, I saw what he does to a defense, how they play and everything else, how it opens up for other people. And, of course, it's helping their defense out, too, that they score so many points. Pete, what did you say his odds were right now, Tyreek Hill? Oh, it's, it's so it's not that bad. He's oh, All right, so, what, so Josh Allen is plus 100. Jalen Hurts is plus 350. Oh, tw- 20,000 to one. Okay, there we go. Okay, well, so yeah, he's way down. That's a good value bet then right there. Tyree kills 20,000 to one? Right, right. That's unbelievable. Well, I'm going to put a dollar on that. Well, we are. I'm going to I'm going to start campaigning for for this right as as you talk that he needs to be in this conversation. I mean, well, if he keeps this pace up, you know, and he continue to do what they're doing, you, you, you got to bring him up. And it was a big, of course, huge offseason move. But, you know, you said it all. It's just – it's made their whole team somebody we got to talk about because what they can do on offense, and he's the leader. And, of course, too, is doing a great job, too. All right. So, just to add to this conversation, because this is what I like to do, and I, I know I haven't even talked to you. I'm going to throw you a curveball. We haven't discussed this or anything. I, mean, I, th- I think we're, we're both in agreement that at – le- at least, or I don't know if we're both in agreement. I am one to say that Josh Allen and Mahomes are head and shoulders above the rest of football quarterback right now. That's just my thought. I, I think they're in a class of their own. There's some other ones that are, you know, not far down there. But I, I, to me, the way their physical ability, the way they're playing in the pocket, the decision-making, all of that, I think they are the best quarterbacks in the game. Who? I agree. Okay. You know, and I know the argument's going to be, oh, well, Jalen Hurts and this and that. And I go, well, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes will fit any offense in the NFL. And when you see them and you get them or whatever, and they're on your team, you're going to do everything around those those two players. Andy Reid, man, he, he I don't care who you are. Whatever quarterback and whatever style you are, you come in, he's going to make it fit. He's just – he's shown it. He can do it with any kind of quarterback. And, you know, in the same – 
the, the same with Josh Allen, the great thing the Buffalo Bills do, what do they do? They really never let him get out of the game. Yeah. They're not going to run the ball eight times in a row. Right. They're going to, you know, they, it's second and one. Well, let's throw it. He needs to get in and keep in rhythm. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's what I feel like. It's all about him, and and, and that, rightly so. Make it about him because he's the best player in your team. Yeah. All right. So, and it brings me – I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about Tyreek Kill. You know, it, it is fascinating how great he was for that offense and what he does for Miami. And then, you know, what's your uh, – my thing I've been saying with, like, Kansas City, I've kind of before the year said I think that in a lot of ways this could be a blessing in disguise because b- big plays are, are not a problem in Kansas City. Mahomes is always going to look for the big play and the big throw. And, in fact, I think Tyree Kill at times made him look for it too many times and made him pat sure. the ball or hang in the pocket too long waiting for that play to happen. So that's gone, that tease or that, that want to there. You know, do you, you got an assessment on why you think Kansas City's been so sharp on offense, you know, without well, Tyreek Hill? Well, I think, you know, one, boy, they when they played Buffalo, Buffalo really got after Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. They were winning the battle up front. They didn't even have the blitz. They were getting all over him. Yeah, I know. But I think Patrick Mahomes, physically, decision-making, everything you want to talk about, I think it's his best year. And, I, you know, I know, oh, my God, the 50 touchdowns. I understand that year, too. But that kind of caught the NFL by surprise. That's right. The offense caught by surprise. He caught everybody by surprise. It was all yeah. like, whoa, what's this offense and who is this guy? I'm with you there. Yeah, and now it just, again, just shows you how they can adjust and what Andy Reid is, but, but how Patrick Mahomes is even playing. And, you know, I've said this to a few people, and they go, wow, really? You think he's uh, – yeah, I really feel confident he is playing that well. He looks better. He's moving better. His everything about him, the motion, he's throwing the football and he is throwing, he's just throwing bullets. And, you know, he's, you know, you know, throwing spirals is a big deal, you know? So, and man, he is spinning that football, makes it easy to catch. And two, Christopher, even when Tyree kill was there, would they still be running the same offense they did? And just all the deep crossers, everybody's used to that. Every team runs them. So they, the defenses, as I watch games, even this week, I'm going, boy, everybody's got these plays in, but there's always somebody waiting for the deep crosser coming yes, across. you're right. And, you know, it, it really cost them a game, I thought, last year against the Cincinnati Bengals in the championship game because the Bengals were ready. Yeah. If you crossed the formation, they were going to make sure somebody on the other side was going to help double or do whatever. It was right. a great defense and great scheme. But, um, yeah, so th- saying all that about Patrick Mahomes – I think it's really evident when you watch him play. And how about the last thing I'll say? Yeah. How about the game he had down in Tampa Bay? Yeah, right, right. I mean, that was surgical and a lot of short throws, but on the money, his movement, everything about him, that was – Man, that's as that's as good as you can play quarterback. Yeah, I I, I I don't disagree. I, I I wouldn't put the game against the 49ers that far behind it. He was absolutely phenomenal in that game too. Well, yeah, yeah. and it, that's a, that was such a shock. But you kind of clued me in before I watched it. You you said, ah, it's Andy Reid. The design's unbelievable. They squeezed them. They got them. You know, and yeah, and I watched it. I went, that is so true. Yeah, that was that was coaching. Really good coaching. And as we know, the Giants are showing, many teams show, Pete Carroll. Coaching's a really big deal, and that's what can put you over the top winning Super Bowls for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, here, last thing on this quarterback conversation. 
Who's the third best quarterback in football right now? Not like the guy that's in the MVP conversation. I know Jalen Hurts, his stats are all going to de facto put him there third. But if you had to take, if you had to pick a quarterback right now, you know, is you still going to go Herbert? You know, I'm going to go Joe Burrow still right now. To me, it's not Joe Burrow ain't the problem there in Cincinnati. Uh, uh, Right. So I'm still taking Burrow number three. Uh, do you feel the same way? Is Lamar that guy? Is it Justin Herbert? Is there somebody else I'm missing in the conversation? You know, but I get this conversation a lot right now, or just people when I'm walking around, even here in the office. Like, you know, who's who's next after Mahomes and and Josh Allen? Who would it be for you, big guy? Well, if you make me for drafting, it's my pick, and Mahomes and and Josh Allen are gone. I'm, I'm going to take Justin Herbert yeah. just because I just feel like he can do whatever we need to do. Right. Is he going to be a great runner like Lamar or Jalen Hurts or these other? No, but he's very capable of always moving and getting big yards. And, of course, he moves to throw the football too, which we've seen not as much this year, but we saw it many times last year. He'd move and throw a ball 40, 50, 60 yards down the field for big plays and touchdowns. But So I think he's a very adaptable to, adaptable to many offenses, easy to work around. Is he having a great year? No, they're not a great team. And uh, if they have success, get to the playoffs, or have any success in the playoffs, it's going to be because their quarterback's just going to tear it up. Yeah. All right. I didn't even have to think. I I thought, oh, no, it's Justin Herbert. I had a feeling you were going to go there. I I did. I'm more of a Burrow guy, just a little bit over Justin Herbert, but I, I understand your thought there all the way. Yeah. Joe Burrow, you know, listen, Lamar Jackson's always high just because of who he is. Of course. And which I've had coaches tell me this year, Christopher, I tell you whatever. And they go, you got to hold your breath every play. Yeah. Right. Every play. You got to sit up there and go, here it comes. (laughs) And it's true. As I'm a fan watching him on TV, you know, when they're in those night games, I go, well, he's going to escape this time. I'm, I'm expecting a big play. And I hope Lamar, I think, Greg Roman does not get any appreciation down in Baltimore. He deserves it. He created an unbelievable run game for the Ravens. Yeah. He created something for Lamar Jackson to break into the league with. And I think as time goes on, don't you see it? They're they're opening up. It's more you know, a little more about their passing. And you know, Lamar, given time, he can listen. He yeah. can really throw the ball. Yes, he can. So, yeah, yeah. I, I know. That's why, I, I, again, their running game's coming along here. I, that's why I'm not sleeping on Baltimore. I think they're going to have a say when all this is said and done. Coach of the year, let's jump to that. Just as far as right now, if you had to give it to one or anybody that jump out, you know, of course, you, you talked about Pete Carroll, the job he's doing. We're both in love with Brian Dayball, Robert Sala, Mike McDaniel, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. This is a tough year. Right. There's some damn names there in this one that are they're, they're very deserving. You know, who would you give the edge to right now through the first half of the season? Oh, easy. Nick Sirianni of the Eagles. You're going Sirianni. Absolutely. I mean, I think just the vibe I get when I watch him play. And, you know, I think a lot of that's a quarterback, too. You know, Christopher, he's not, um, you know, the quarterback that's drawn attention to him and all this stuff. He's just one of the guys, and he's playing on an older team, yeah. which older players really like. Right. They don't want the quarterback strutting around, but just the, the atmosphere they built. And, you know, at first I just like, I don't know if I believe all this with Nick Sirianni, the way he's acting with the players. And yeah. that. You know, I was a little, you know, I'm just being honest. Last year, this year, you can see the connection between him and the players 
And um, the, the way they're playing on both sides of the football, all that, uh, that's why I would take him. Yeah, I, I hear you. I think he's probably is the favorite. You know, I, I guess if I was going to play devil's advocate, I'd go, damn, that's some team there. But I, I don't want to still – it's his formula, what he's doing. He got he them. Made them. He that's did. Right. I know, I know. I guess if I was going to throw another guy in there, and, man, I love what you know, Pete Carroll and Salah are doing, it would be day ball because, I mean, come on. Who, who, anybody that, you know, wasn't doing heroin on a daily basis thought the Giants were going to be 6-2? I mean, it's insane. It's insane. I just never would have thought we'd be sitting here going into week nine, Giants in a bye week, and we're going, Giants are 6-2. and two. And that, that, to me, is the shocker, and I got to give Brian Dayball a lot of credit for where oh, they stand. Yeah, you know, if you made me, which I probably did, you know, everybody is always asking me, everywhere, I go, what do you think of Giants? What do you think? And I said, look, this is for the season. If they win six games or seven, be happy, okay? Yeah, yeah. That means they're building. They're going to get it going. And here they are, and now they've raised expectations and that are probably a little too high. But great job of coaching. And I can come up with tons of circumstances where they outcoach the other team on both sides of the ball. No doubt. And, and that's – I don't look at the giant roster and go, wow, this is a big-time playoff roster still. But the coaching – uh, it's just been very good by Dable. Uh, Kafka, the offensive guy, uh, if he's designing call and plays, I'm sure Brian Dable sticks his nose in every once in a while. But Wink Martindale's done a really good job. Definitely. You know? He's done a tremendous job. Gives him energy, the style of play, him as a person. You know, the players love him. So good stuff by the Giants. All right. Defensive player. Who's like number one guy you're taking right now in football if you had to start a defense? Who'll be going, you know, aka the defensive MVP so far? Oh my gosh, I haven't even, even thought about this for one second. That's all right. I can I mean I will throw I'll throw the, the obvious well, names at you. You know it's I mean, it's Nick Bosa, it's Miles Garrett, it's Micah Parsons. I think those are probably the guys that would lead the list as far as just yeah. like top top guys that are pass rushers. You know Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is the guy you're yeah, going with. I mean, I think yeah. you know Micah Parsons. Depending on how the year plays out and all whatever, I, somebody's got to. We got to stick some of these defensive guys in there as NFL MVPs too. Yeah, instead of just defensive player. But Micah Parsons, what did it to me when he recovered that fumble against the Chicago Bears? We know he's got talent. Of course, it's it's unbelievable, and he just is an instinctive football player that has that different element that puts guys that are, have great athletic ability into being great players because they just, they're sportsmen. And just for him to have the uh, wherewithal to lay on the ground and go, Oh, nobody's touched me. He got up. And he said, and then he takes off. And then he was running. I, I forgot. I was on the show with Michael Irvin yesterday. He goes, you know, Michael wants to play running back some too. And I said, if they ever put him at running back, fire the coach. Because <laughs> Why would you ever take a chance of somebody hitting those legs or doing anything? But, man, he is truly he's, – he's really unbelievable. It, it's – last year was like, wow, I didn't see this at Penn State, even though Penn State, their front seven every year. So you just go, wow, it's loaded with draft picks. But he's topped it up this year by playing even better. All right. What do you like? What What do you got? I'm I'm going with you. I think Michael Parsons. I'm on record where I was saying last year. I think Michael Parsons should have been the MVP, a defensive MVP last year, defensive player of the year. I know TJ Watt had the 22 and a half sacks, but I just went by. Hey, TJ Watt came on strong at the end of the season last year. 
in our Sunday night pregame, you know, football night in America show, I said we talked about Michael Parsons every week where we were like, holy cow, he did this this week. Holy cow, he did that this week. And that's what we're doing again. I mean, we, we do it every week. It, it, it is. So I, I'm, I'm with you there. I think he is the best defensive player. I love Nick Bosa. I think he's the man. I think Michael Miles Garrett's the man. Um, I love Roquan Smith. You know, and some corners around football, but damn, yeah, I'm with and you, Micah Parsons. If Miles Garrett, if yeah, Miles Garrett, yeah. If they like exploded and just you know have a great record, and he can, he is, you know, he sticks out. I mean, man, yes, he's right up there with Micah Parsons. This is a different dude, uh, just a different athlete. Of course, has all the things you want: size, speed, you, you name it. And he, he's another one. He just has great athletic feel. Uh, you know, these are guys when you talk about both of them. They probably can play just about every sport. Yeah, you know, yeah. They got great hand eye. They're just, and like I said, they they got instincts of a great athlete, and they show it on the field. Any any uh, last question here, Dad, and we're going to wrap it up. But um, any question or any rookie, sorry, that that kind of jumps out to you, who's like the the number one rookie? I know you brought up Kenneth Walker before. Oh, we got Sauce yeah. Gardner as far as what he's doing yeah. with the Jets, right? You know, Aiden Hutchinson has had some moments. There's the corner out in Seattle, Tariq Woolen, who's been really, really impressive. You know, am I missing somebody else on the offensive side of the ball? I don't think I am. Um, but, you know, any of those guys caught your eye or just that oh, you're amazed by? Yeah. Sauce Gardner. Yeah. I mean, man, you know, it's it's he looks the part and he's been tremendous. And I think even the numbers, which, you know, I, I – apologize i don't i'm not i don't look at the numbers very often about anything i just let i watch them and kind of draw my opinions from what i see but Tariq woolen listen that's real too it is right yeah man i mean him and sauce gardner kind of look alike they're built they're the perfect guy for corner tall long arms all this they're not and they got speed so if they get beat they don't worry because they got two things they got speed to catch up and they got those long arms yeah yeah I know. I, of course, never saw Tariq Woolen until I started watching him in preseason. I didn't know who he was. I forgot where he went to college. He's UT, UT San Antonio. Antonio. Right, right. He's San Antonio. Oh, yeah. Ran well, like 428 or 429, maybe even 426, something like that at the combine. He was one of the fastest guys at, at the combine this past year. And then I heard two things when Sauce Gardner was playing the Alabama team. They said, whatever you do, don't throw it his way. Right. And then, yeah. And then when he played Notre Dame, I think they had the same. Uh, concept playing Cincinnati. Hey, whatever you do, don't throw it over to this guy. Do something else. Right. And they have lived up to that uh, for sure. They lived up. He lived up to it in the NFL. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I can't think of any other rookie that's really jumped out at me on the defensive side. I, um, I, I, I you know, as you were sitting here, I was kind of going the same thing and just trying to think off the top of my head too if there was any one that we were missing. You know, Kansas City's had a few that that all play well. You know, the kid Jack Jones up in New England, he's yeah. been damn good, right? But, yeah, I don't know. I think maybe as far as D Lyman we're talking about, those pass rusher types, I think we're – Hutchison we, has been maybe the best pass rusher of the rookies, right? Yeah, I think so. You know, again, yeah. Trayvon Walker's real close too. Damn, he's he is good. Uh, Carlaftis is another guy. Kansas City is one of those rookie yeah, guys. But the one that, you know, Hutchinson, you, I take it in this concept that if the defense was a little more, if it was a little better and can make the quarterback hold on to the ball for more than 1.5 seconds. Yeah, we'd know about him that, more. You know, and I, and I and I watch him, man. He's got 
man. Well, first, he looks trimmer than he did in college. I, I would but, agree with that, too. Yeah, and then I don't know if that's good or bad, but, you know, he's got some great moves. Going to the quarterback, I saw some this week. I just watched the – I guess I was watching the highlight. I said, damn, look at him. He can spin. He looks like the damn Tasmanian devil sometimes out there. Yeah. And I go back to hard knocks when all those linemen, remember that? They were talking, and, you know, they forget their mic. They are mic every day. And they go, oh, they were just – this guy's a – God, he's a pain in the ass, you know, just uh, whatever the conversation was, it was very funny. And it just kind of tells you, cause you know, offensive linemen are not going to brag about their teammates rushing against them in practice. That's for sure. No, so. definitely not. Definitely not. Dad, you do. You're the man. Thanks for doing this today. I really appreciate it. Well, it was good. You know, I, it's funny. We didn't get as in depth about things because we're kind of caught in the middle. It's a Wednesday. So I'm still gathering whatever some things to say or do and but uh it was good being on with you and um you're a good host i do you didn't curse too much which is really good your mother was over here listening and you cursed and she made a face and walked out so i don't know what (laughs) whatever she's used to it it. (laughs) yeah but it's all good great talking football with you and um no i think it was it was just right you went dark on me for like three or four weeks I didn't go dark on you that long. I did not. Hell, Don't I was say texting that. Texting you, I called. You're you're just... you're full of it. Shut up. Shut up. No, it, I, I would never go dark on you for more than maybe a day or two. That's not true. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'll prove it. I'll look up my phone and see all the missed calls or <laughs> the calls that I had that you didn't pick up. It's all good. Thanks for having me on. All right, Dad. Love you, man. Uh, right. And uh, happy birthday from all the homies out there. I know it's tomorrow, but uh, we'll probably put a few snarky things on social media, making fun of you and doing that. So Really? Okay, yeah. thanks. Yeah, that's, that's what, what we're need. here for. People making fun of me. Yes, we're here. Well, you. you know, just like WFAN with your Halloween costume. That was that was great, you know, what, what? they did yesterday. You know, the, you, the Boomer Esiason in your jersey. Oh, I did see that. You did yes. see that? Yeah, yeah, right, right. So that was that was funny. I got a chuckle out of that. Oh, there it is. There we go. There we go. See? A costume. Uh, I don't. You know, I wasn't sure when I first saw this. I go, I don't know. If, are they making fun of Dad or are they making fun of Boomer? I'm not sure which one they were really getting on here. What's that say? Adult? I can't even. Whatever. So I can't read the thing it says down there. Yeah, um boomer they did it you know we had that thing last week about quarterbacks they handed me his jersey oh my god it was the biggest jersey you've ever seen i said well boomer this will fit you you big lug <laughs> i saw that yeah oh, i saw did? that i did yeah. you pulling his jersey out of the it. washing machine like, what am i gonna say and then i saw it and i went oh my gosh it was huge yeah so i don't know if they did it on purpose or not but <laughs> oh well it's all good man you're doing a great job on the games i watch you every sunday night i'm missing sleep but you're doing a great job there, too, and it's fun being on. So thanks for having me. All right, Dad. We'll talk to you soon. All thanks right. so much, man. All right, All right man. You. See ya. All right, that was Big Phil. And as we talked about earlier, there's no Ahmed here today. But Ahmed still has a say in this podcast. Come on. He's the co-host. And even though he's hanging out with some fucking horses right now over me, all right, which isn't cool, all right, he, he traded one horse's ass for a bunch of horses' asses, all right, we still got the Ahmed Ahmed Farid Big Butt Awards to talk about. And he did. Even though he's in Kentucky right now, he made sure he sent the group who his award winners were. And first, his first Big Butt Award winner on the edge will go to Miles Garrett this week. How could it not? I mean, Miles Garrett, geez. 
I mean, he was all over Joe Burrow the other night. It was embarrassing, and it's still an issue for the Cincinnati Bengals. So I hear Ahmed there all the way with Miles Garrett, and just like my father was just talking about, he's special. And probably a, game, a guy that would be more firmly in NFL defensive player of the year conversations if the Browns were just a little bit better the last two years because he is definitely one of the five best players in all of football on the defensive side. Last week, whooped Jonah Williams at left tackle. Uh, when he was over there and, and really was not only the sacks, but the tip pass, right? Tip pass that caused an interception early on in the game when the Bengals were driving, had another, you know, big sack uh, that, as they were driving to on a third down. So he was phenomenal. And then as far as the defensive tackles for Ahmed Farid's Big Butt Awards, My- Jeffrey Simmons, I almost said Miles Simmons, Jeffrey Simmons, Tennessee Titans. Watch out for this guy right now. This guy's kind of on fire. You know, it's again, we've talked about the Titans a little bit before in their defensive line and how it's starting to really dominate. Jeffrey Simmons is he's phenomenal. And last week, I mean, not only just stopping the run game of the the Texans, which they're not a bad run team with Damian Pierce and company. Uh, and you got to watch this play every year on YouTube. I mean, Miles Simmons, I mean, Miles Simmons, I can't get this name out of my head. Jeffrey Simmons pushing Kenyon Green into a hole. That's three gaps away from him. Kenyon Green, by the way, is like 330 pounds. And then pushing him to make the tackle on Damian Pierce. So, like, Jeffrey Simmons gets a tackle for a loss without actually ever touching the running back because he just dominated the guy he was blocking. Welcome to the NFL, Kenyon Green. Yes, that is Jeffrey Simmons, and he's a pain in the butt. But those are two guys. They're phenomenal. And Jeffrey Simmons has been absolutely out of this world as of late. That's why I do think Tennessee – you know, can be a pain in the butt here. If they can just get a little bit more out of their pass game, watch out for them. There it is, the Ahmed Fareed Big Butt of the Week Awards, Simmons and Miles Garrett. All right, this week on NBC, we got a good one. Like, we got a hell of a weekend, a big event weekend. Big! We're talking big event weekend. 3.30 on Saturday, Breeders' Cup. Ahmed Fareed will be there. You should be there. 7.30 that night, Clemson Notre Dame. That's a big one here. Clemson's had a little bit of a quarterback controversies as of late. They're number four in the new, you know, uh, playoff rankings. Notre Dame coming off two good wins. And they're a well-coached team. Uh, this would be scary for Clemson going into Notre Dame and having to deal with them in that environment. Notre Dame can run the ball and chew up some clock. Then followed by Saturday Night Live, and then on Sunday it doesn't stop either. We got the NASCAR championship at 3 Eastern time, followed by, oh yeah, my homie, your homie, my homie, your homie, whenever he's on I watch. Patrick Mahomes. That's right. They'll be hosting the Tennessee Titans. That's going to be a great one. Titans defense, run game, Mahomes, pass game on fire, coming off a bye week. Andy Reid's scary on bye week. So that's our big event weekend, NBC Sports. Check that out. Tomorrow, I got my week nine picks with Florio. Come in, tune in, listen to my picks. Don't go with me on my best bets. I'm as cold as I've ever been. I don't know what else to say. I don't even know. I don't know what to say. I'm in my own head now. I'm still giving out a lot of good information and picking a lot of games right. You, you, as far as best bets are concerned, just do the opposite of what I say on those ones, okay? But there's still a lot of games I pick right and break down the right way. It's a tough league right now, and I am totally cold on best bets. Check it out tomorrow. Florio and I, 
PFT Chris Sims on button collaboration. We'll do that podcast Thursday morning. Should be out by early Thursday afternoon. All right, everybody. Be good out there. Stay safe. Ahmed Farid will be back next week. Monday podcast. You know what we'll be doing. Total recap of week nine in the NFL. Enjoy the weekend. College football. Big event weekend. NBC. Enjoy Sunday's games. Peace out. Clap it up. <laughs>